Tonight here at Ground Zero Ministries, we're going to continue it and look in these areas that are out of our control. You know, a long time ago, I was introduced into recovery and didn't want anything to do with it. Didn't believe in it. Didn't think it was for me. Didn't think I had a problem. And uh, resisted, you know, the, the philosophy of, you know, recovery and the 12 steps and God you know, I was an atheist, and this is all stupid mumbo-jumbo. But through continuing to live my way and continuing to make horrible decisions that brought around a lot of pain, that I, I started to realize that something needed to change. You know, and I was a grown man still in my 20s, blaming mom and dad and everyone around me for all of my decisions and eventually I got to an age of accountability and I started to realize that my life is a mess because of the decisions I'm making. And I think that that's a great thing and each one of us has to come to that conclusion at some point. I don't think that we can get to Jesus without it, to be honest with you. That if we get to Jesus and we still think that we're doing hot and we're doing good and you know that the church is lucky to have me, then uh, I think that you don't really have Jesus and you're just going through the motions of religion. I think that I am a useless, worthless human being without Jesus. You know, and he's come in and rescued me, came in and rescued you at the nick of time, at the nick of time, that I'm lucky to be alive and most of us in here should be dead. And... Uh, that's what really the conclusion of that, you know, and the revelation of that very statement is what we started to make me realize that there must be some sort of higher power out there. Because my own actions, I should be in prison for a long time or I should be in a grave. And somehow I'm still standing. You know, and it started to make, make me really contemplate that maybe there's something is out there. You know, and... You know, I started to, to really kind of allow the idea of God to, to creep in where for many, many years I was an atheist and I would not allow that thinking in at, on any level. But I started to realize that my old ways of doing things, my manipulation, my control, my deception, my sin continued to... to to be a lifestyle that was completely out of control. And as I really looked at it, there was people in my life that was trying to love on me and trying to help me. Some of us have had those people. Some of us haven't had those people. But I think that if we really look at it, there was always somebody that's saying, man, you're out of control. You know, you should try to get some help or you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't date her or you shouldn't date him. You shouldn't go there. You shouldn't do this. And... I also know that there's a lot of times I heard a little voice in my head telling me not to do certain things and I didn't listen to it and I, I went on and did the very thing that I knew that I wasn't supposed to do and a lot of times I, I knew the consequences that were coming with that very decision and I did it anyway. And once upon a time I started to really realize that, that the Holy Spirit's been talking to me long before I ever believed in Him. That He was trying to lure me and guide me and love me out of dysfunction and sin and pain. But in my stubbornness and in my pride, I continue to do it my way. 
you know, and a lot of times, you know, the people say, well, I don't believe in God. And I'm like, okay. God doesn't need you to believe in you or believe in him to, to move in you. You know, I absolutely did not believe in anything that I believe today. And yet he decided to love me anyway. You know, and I tried to do in recovery my way. That obviously did not work. I tried doing recovery, you know, with a little bit of God and a lot of me, and that still didn't work. I tried doing, you know, recovery with less of me and and more of a God of my understanding, and that didn't work. And eventually my sin, you know, brought me to a place of brokenness enough that I was willing to, to come to church. You know, and what I've always said is that, you know, AA brought me to God, but my sin brought me to Jesus. And, um, you know, I, I tried working some steps and, and I had a sponsor and, and I did all that fun recovery stuff and to the best of my ability, but it still didn't quite make sense. And it wasn't until, you know, I was broken enough and I accepted Jesus and I, I took another run at these steps and I started really looking at it and God started to heal the way that I think because of the word of God that there was renewing going on, you know, and Myself was broken, so I was getting myself out of the way more and more. And I remember sitting in an AA meeting and hearing the steps and just things were clicking that had never clicked before. It was like my eyes were opened for the first time. You know, and step one, it said that we admitted that we were powerless over fill in the blank. We're, you know, we're powerless over everything, every person, every situation. We're powerless over our own sin. If we had the ability to control our own sin, we wouldn't be sitting here tonight and we wouldn't even need Jesus. We wouldn't ever came to church. The truth of the matter is, is we continue to try to control our sin and manage our sin and we get crazier and crazier as we continue to do it. Even when we think we have Jesus, we still try to do it our way and we try to get Jesus to to piggyback what we want. And it's not until we really convince ourselves through our own pain and our own actions, that I am completely out of control. I am powerless over my life. I have no ability to make the right decisions. Every decision I make always ends up in catastrophe and pain. You know, and what the, really the step says is that my life has become unmanageable. And every time I try to manage my life, I try to manage your life, I try to manage sin, I try to manage anything, out of control I go again. And at first it was just like I'm powerless over drugs and alcohol. Then I'm like, no, I'm powerless over me. I'm powerless over you. I'm powerless over just about anything. And I started to see in my codependency, in my control, that any time that I'm trying to fix, caretake, help, control, manipulate, lie, deceive, everything starts to spin out of control. I don't need drugs and alcohol for my life to get crazy. You know, anytime that I rely on sin, my life is getting out of control. You know, and a lot of us, we want Jesus and we want sin too. And I, I think that, that we serve a jealous God and that doesn't mean that he's like up in heaven going like, man, I wish they would pick me. I think that he literally will let us do whatever we want to do. 
but he also gives us the consequences to our actions. He loves us enough to let painful things come our way. And you're like, well, I serve a loving God and he wants to make me happy. (laughs) I read the word of God and it says he afflicts the ones he loves. And see, this is where it's so important for us to be in our word because it renews our thinking about God. He absolutely loves us 100% all the time. He laid his life down for us so that we could have freedom. But that comes with a cost, even on our side. That if we truly want to understand him, we truly want to follow him, I can't keep trying to do it my way. You know, and when I think I can do it my way with Jesus, I have this false power. You know, and I can pray and I can pray and I can pray and I get frustrated with God because my way still doesn't work. Well, I'm trying to behave, but I'm still being disobedient. You know, and it's a struggle for all of us. It's a struggle for me to be wholly, fully, 100% obedient. Maybe someday. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just not, today's not that day. You know, and I, I still try to pick up my own cross and do it my way. It's like, yeah, Jesus, I want to follow you, but hang on, let me just take care of this real quick. You know, and my actions, you know, show what I really want. You know, and a lot of my actions show I want Jesus. And there's a handful of my actions that show that I want to do what I want to do. You know, and those continually have to be repented of and brought back to Jesus. And, you know, I am fully the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus. And I believe that, but I still get myself in my own way sometimes. You know, and I'm a firm believer that you can't trust my words. You have to trust my actions. And I believe that about you guys as well. You know, and there's somebody new here and they, you know, know all the right words to say. I'm like, sure, okay, yep, that's great. And I'm watching what you do. Because you can fake it for so long and then your real self will emerge. You know, I'm out of character. No, your character actually finally showed up. You know, and and I think that it's so important that we 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 test people on some level and not that we, I put you through trials. It's that I allow you to be yourself and come to the surface. And that takes time. And I think that in, when we first get to Jesus, you know, we, you know, have this understanding of repentance and I have this understanding that I need Jesus and we have this emotional connection and there's this, all these things are happening and it's amazing but there's still a lot of stuff that I don't want to let go of, and that's normal. And I think that through the test of time, he keeps bringing us back to him. He lets us do it our way for a little while, and then we crash and burn. And then we're like, why, Jesus? And he's like, because you're not doing what I want you to do. And you're like, okay, I'm ready to do it your way. And that lasts for like three seconds, and then we're in the ditch again. You know, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of times that, we come to this place of brokenness and we're like, all right, I'm going to start praying and I'm going to start reading and I'm going to serve and I'm going to do this. And we get real busy with what we, we think are the right things to do and we burn ourselves out trying to do the right thing. Rather than just getting before God and saying, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. 
I'm broken and I'm out of control and I need you. Now, that doesn't mean don't pray and that doesn't mean don't read and it doesn't mean don't serve. It doesn't mean don't worship. It's just that when we start checking the boxes in those areas, we're still not really being real. We're just going through the motions of what we know we're supposed to do. But in reality, we're still leaving repentance behind because we're performing. You know, and a lot of times we may not be performing for somebody else. We're just performing for ourselves. You know, and I'm going to work real hard and I'm going to change this. You know, and, you know, I think we've all, you know, started real hard sometimes in some area or another. And we're doing great or we think we're doing great. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, we're back in the mix of it again. You know, and I think, you know, one of those, you know, areas is that any of us that have ever tried a diet, you know, we try this behavioral modification and it just doesn't, it doesn't last. There has to be a whole change in everything that's going on in our lives. And I think that it's important that we stop trying to deny the real pain that's going on inside. Because... A lot of times we come to Jesus and we're saved and we're going to church and we're trying to do the right stuff, but there's still a lot of pain on the inside. I know I'm not the only one that still struggles with the way I think and still struggles with the way I feel and still struggles with stuff in my past and still has moments where I'm insecure, still has moments where I get angry, still got the moments where I try to manipulate and control. You know Why? Because there's still stuff that hasn't been dealt with. Well, I gave it all to Jesus. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm waiting for your cloud to come pick you up right now. Right? <laughs> I'm sure that Jesus has got an extra pair of wings and he's just going to send down for you. I, are we ever going to have it all dealt with? Honestly, I don't think so. I think that the more we serve Jesus, there'll be less of it if we're obedient. I think that, you know, if I'm obedient, then things begin to change. But if that doesn't, then guess what? I still got a bunch of crap I got to deal with. You know, and a lot of times, you know, our faith is really just this denial. Well, I believe in the Lord. You know, like, and that's great. Praise God. You know, like, but in reality, it's like, I'm still a hot mess. And I need a lot more Jesus. And see, I'm powerless over my ways of doing things, and I need to ask Jesus in constantly and say, Jesus, help me change. You know, and when I continue to try to do it my way, I waste a lot of time and energy, don't we? You know, and we, you know, use the phrase that we're going around the mountain again, which I think in reality is we do. You know, and I think that there's times that when we, we try to gain power in an area that we shouldn't have power and where we're supposed to be trusting and waiting and we try to help him, you know, it, it takes us longer. And I think that the more we try to do it our way, even if we're trying to do, our way, do it our way in Jesus' name, you know, we, we pray all the right prayers and we do all the right things, but the Holy Spirit keeps kicking in and saying we're doing the wrong thing and he's asking us to stop doing that and he's asking us to stop doing that and we're like, no, I'm doing this in the name of Jesus and we keep pushing forward that we isolate ourselves from God in the attempts to get more God because I want more Jesus my way and that doesn't work. It will never work. 
The only way I get more Jesus is doing it Jesus' way. And the only way I can do it Jesus' way is when I finally say, I don't know how to do it your way. You have to teach me. So often I want to do it Jesus' way as long as I agree with it. Am I the only one? If I don't agree with it, then Jesus needs to make another deal. Like, you know, you, you can do better than that. You're God, right? But I'm so grateful for a God that I can't control. I'm so grateful for a God I can't manipulate. And I'm so grateful for a God that doesn't give up on me in my process. But there's a lot of times that we feel distant from God and we're at church all the time. We're going to recovery meetings all the time. We're at GZM all the time. We're doing all the right things. And yet it's like, where did God go? And he's right there, but he's also waiting for us to say, hey, I need to do it your way. I mean, I need help. And in that process, things begin to change. Sometimes we make it look like it's, we're on the right road. And a lot of times we're trying to be obedient in our strength. So we're doing what he's asking us to do, but we're still kind of doing it our way. And it doesn't work, does it? Don't we feel exhausted serving Jesus? Because there's still a lot of me in the way of really doing it his way. So he tells us that our yoke is easy, but man, that thing feels like a million pounds. His burdens are light. But yeah, it just feels like I can't get free. Because I'm still trying to find freedom my way. You know, and we have to really come to this revelation. Am I going to serve God or am I still going to try to serve myself in Jesus' name? Because I don't think that we can do both. You know, a man cannot serve two masters. Now, the scripture talks about money and God. And I think that money is, is one of the things that, that lures us more than anything. But I also think that you can fill just about anything into that equation. That any time that I'm allowing an idol to come in the way of my relationship with Jesus, I'm serving it. I'm spending time with it. I'm giving my money to it. You know, it very much mimics how I should be following and worshiping the Lord. You know, and there's a lot of different, you know, lines in the big book. And there's a lot of scripture in the big book, you know, but... You know, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous says that my self-will is run riot. That when I do things my way, I literally will go crazy and I'll drag everyone with me in the process. And I'm manic and I'm depressed and I'm angry and I'm power hungry and I'm control freak and everything gets nuts. Because I'm attempting to control my will and manipulate everything around me to get there. You know, and the big book talks about that I have this spiritual malady. That I, I need to be born again. You know, it says that a, a personality change sufficient to recover from the disease of alcoholism. But I think it's really, I need to be born again so I can recover from my sin nature. You know, and a lot of times I have a little bit of Jesus or even a lot of Jesus. But yeah, I'm still doing it a lot my way. Like, my heart is, like, in the process, but yet when I hit that hard part, I, I recoil, and I still force my will. You know, and I think that it's because I still struggle with my pride that says that I can control, I can manipulate, I can figure this out on my own without Jesus. 
you know, and the more and more that we keep trying to do the same thing and, and getting the same result, that we're really insane. You know, but because we're expecting a different result, but I continue to do it my way. You know, and I think there's times that we finally get to this place that our pain outweighs our fear and we take a step, several steps, you know, we start following Jesus and that life brings new painful circumstances and we pick our will back up or recoil because it's hard being vulnerable. And that's life. I know that I've had those moments where it's like, man, serving Jesus, it's like I feel like I'm getting you know, hit from every direction, you know, and I have to lay it down again. I have to face my fear again. Well, I'm not afraid, Tom. Okay. I think we're all afraid. Afraid of something, you know, and your fear might be different than my fear, but the enemy has a way of getting in there and lying to us, you know, and the Bible has a lot to say about fear. And obviously Jesus knew that we needed to hear it. He tells us over and over again to trust him, don't fear. You know, and I think that, you know, we can find courage in him and we can find courage in scripture. And I think that we can push our way through it and we can even use pride to push through fear. But if I'm doing it in my own strength, I fall again. You know, and what really has to happen is I have to face some of the things that are in my past. I have to face my demons or they just chase me down. You know, and I think that all of us on some level have, have done a lot of work with Jesus. Like he's gotten in there and he's, you know, cleaned up a lot of junk or we wouldn't be here. But I also think that we have several doors that we're like, no, we just don't talk about that. It's under the blood. It's in the past. It's behind me. It's, we, don't, we don't discuss that year. We don't discuss that person. We don't discuss that time frame. And Jesus is standing at the door knocking, saying, you don't let me in? He's like, no, 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 we don't do that. La, 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 I can't hear you. It doesn't go away. He just keeps, you know, He's, you know, extremely patient. He stands at the door and knocks over and over again because he knows what's in that room is killing us. And we're like, no, it's under the blood. And he's like, um, no, it's not. See, I believe that when Jesus laid down his life, right? And he, he was crucified. That it was more than us just saying that the blood paid for our sin. Like there was like a supernatural event that took place. So all of sin of all time, past, present, future, is paid for in that moment. What has to happen is there has to be a repentance and a laying down of said sin so that there can be this justification that takes place. So if I lay down this sin but not this sin, 
this one's forgiven and this one still is under my control. I'm still managing this sin. Now, I may have a relationship with Jesus now. I may have been born again on some level, but yet I still have something that doesn't belong to Jesus. And even though it's been paid for, I'm still covering it my way. Now, I believe that Jesus is pulling all that sin to himself on some level, that as much as we try to hide it, as much as we try to manage it, as much as we try to deny it, it still keeps coming out. And we keep like, no, 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 get down there. Shut up. We lock the door. We do something new to medicate ourselves. And it still is like it's being drawn to the cross because he paid for it. So the wages of sin is death, but he made the payment of that sin. And somehow it's in his love, he's pulling it. And there can't be a completion in us until we lay ourselves down completely. And he says, deny ourselves and follow him. I think that that's something that we got to do a lot. It's not like a one-time thing. Like, oh, I said my sinner's prayer, and I have a Bible now, and I'm going to church. Done. Have we ever felt better because of those three things? Is it not when we repent again and again and again, lay ourselves down again and again and again, process, deal with, go through again and again and again that we pop out the other side and we're like, oh my God, thank you, Jesus. And yet there's still stuff that we're still trying to manage and control and have power over it because if I let that out, I don't know what'll happen. Jesus is gonna happen and it gets messy when Jesus gets in there. Or at least it does with me. Because he does it his way, and I don't like it. I want him to do it my way. That it's nice and easy and efficient, and poof, gone in Jesus' name. And he's like, yeah, not this time. And all of us have a poof. It's gone in Jesus' name. But all of us have a Why isn't this poofing gone in Jesus' name? (laughs) And Jesus in the background, like, we're not doing that this way, this time. And we hear him, we're like, it's like abracadabra in Jesus' name. Like, this one's got to go. I don't want to deal with it. And he's like, no, no, no. We need to face this one. I got rid of the other one so we could get to this one. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll take the other one back. No, 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 no. Let's deal with this one. Jesus, stop it already. Just like make it go away. And he's like, we gotta face this one because it's killing you. You know, and, and we all have it. We all have something that's still in there. You know, there's something that has happened to us or something that we did that haunts us. And yet we, we try to get closer to Jesus, but we don't want to let him in that one spot. And it's like that's the thing he keeps poking at. We all have it, don't we? Or am I just the only one that's crazy? You know, and when we finally let them into that area, it gets messy for a minute, but it's like we have to rely on him to get through it. Our relationship with him begins to grow because we know that we're finally doing what he's asked us to do. And it may take a week, it may take years, but there's such a relief that comes when we finally say, okay, I'm ready. You know, I wish I could say I'm ready all the time just be like yep currently just 
always ready. But I dig my heels in. I'm stubborn sometimes. You know, and I think that we have to face certain things or they just don't go. You know, and I have to realize that as much as I try to control and manage what's behind that door, it's completely out of control. And it makes me out of control. And that's why I don't like to deal with it and face it is because when I let the thing out, I go crazy. But a lot of us, when we were trying to deal with what was behind the door before, we didn't have Jesus. And yeah, it got out of control when we tried to open those doors or face those things. And maybe there was times that we had a little bit of Jesus, but we weren't ready and we talked about it and it got crazier. And we told somebody we probably shouldn't and they spread our gospel around and it felt like it came back and kicked us even harder. You know, but yet that doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't want to get in there. So I think that we have to really come to terms that the first place we need to turn is Jesus. And saying, Jesus, there's stuff behind my doors that I don't like to face, I don't want to deal with. And I know you keep poking at it because it keeps coming up and I keep trying to act like it's not there and I keep trying to do things that make myself feel better and it always ends up, I feel worse. You know, and we have to let God be God. Because anytime I try to erase my sin, I usually use another sin to make that sin go away. And it hasn't ever worked. You know, and sometimes I, I classify sin like this sin's less than that sin. So it's like, okay. And Jesus is like, um, excuse me. It's still not me. But yeah, but, 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 and we like, I'm still not doing that or I'm not as bad as him or her. And what's the big deal? And Jesus is like, You know, we have to accept our job and our role. Is he the Lord? Is he the master? Am I the servant? Am I the son? You know, is he God? Is he creator and I'm creation? Is he in control or am I? Am I doing it his way or am I doing it my way? Am I doing it, am I following Jesus or am I trying to get Jesus to follow me? Like, and I think that we all kind of do this. It's like, you know, we're dancing the waltz with God sometimes, and we're like, do do da You're like, who's leading? Sometimes he is, sometimes we are. And it looks real pretty, right? No, it gets messy sometimes, doesn't it? I'm not God. We're not God. But when I lead the show, it gets, it gets unmanageable. It gets crazy. It gets painful. You know, and I think one of the things that really helped me in the past and has helped me, and he keeps chiming in with it, thank you, Holy Spirit, is that I know that I have a 100% track record of destroying everything I touch when I do it Tom's way. That doesn't mean that I have Jesus and I have a couple of years and I have read the Bible a couple of times that Tom's will somehow will manage not to destroy Tom. 
Because my sin will continue to destroy me. It doesn't matter how many times I've been in church. It doesn't matter how many scriptures I know. It doesn't matter how many times or how many years I've been sober. It doesn't matter. When I do it Tom's way, painful things begin to happen. You know, and it seems like, well, can't I just do this one thing? And it's never just one thing. The second we let one area slip... We never feel content. We never feel like that's enough. And then it just leads into the next thing, doesn't it? You know, I let one little area in, and then there's the other area that's just waiting. You know, and it's like it just keeps pulling me backwards. And I'm like, Jesus. Because I'm still trying to manage my sin. I'm trying to cover it my way. When there was really this brutal thing that took place that paid for my sin. And my job in this is to repent and lay it down. You know, and he emptied himself. And I think that we got to empty ourselves. Now, there's a lot of different tools out there. There's a lot of different authors. There's a lot of different workbooks. There's, you know, many different things. You know, and I've been doing this a long time and I use a lot of different ones. You know, many of you in the room are working on one thing or another because I think that they help us in certain seasons or they help us get, you know, a certain truth or a certain principle and it helps us to wrap our mind around it, you know, more than just coming to a meeting or more than just going to church that, you know, each one of these types of books, whether it's the battlefield of mind or victory over darkness or changes that heal or, you know, any of these types of books, you know, that they are like insurgents and they get into a certain area and they cut out a certain thing and it gets pulled out and we get a little bit more Jesus and, you know, and then we move on to the next thing. And I believe that the steps are one of those things as well. You know, and, and I've had people come to me and say, hey, I'm ready to work my steps. And I'm like, all right, you know, let's talk. You know, and... It doesn't take long because I, I'm watching your actions that it shows me that you don't understand it yet. You know, you can't believe that God's going to restore you when you're still trying to manage your own stuff. So literally, I can't move on to the principle of step two, which is that I came to this understanding. I came to a belief that God was going to restore me and relieve me of my insanity of continuing to manage my own sin until I understand that I'm powerless over my sin and I have to let go of trying to control it. And yet there's a lot of times that people are like, well, I'm ready to let go of my sin, but I still want to do it my way. Like you have the understanding that your sin's hurting you, but yet you still don't understand that you can't do it your way. You have to listen to someone else to guide yourself out of that place because if you could guide yourself out of that, you would have done it years ago. Because the first time that your sin hurt you and the first time that you're like, I shouldn't do this anymore, we were teenagers. And yet decades have passed and we're still doing it. Still trying to do it my way. It hurts. I don't want to do this anymore. Well, what if I do it one more time? What if I do it with him? What if I do it with her? What if I don't drink this, but I sniff that? What if I, you know, I don't sniff that or drink that, but I eat this? You know, we're still doing various things to manage and control the way that we feel. Rather than emptying ourselves before Jesus and saying, I, I don't know what to do anymore. 
you know, and it's really admitting that I'm powerless. And that's hard for some of us to really do. You know, and some of us have gone around this mountain a lot because the understanding of powerless is hard for us to really wrap our minds around because, you know, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Except deal with your own sin. (laughs) Oops. Man, why didn't that verse work? God has a purpose and a plan for me and it's going to prosper. Except when you continue to sin. Man, why are these verses working? Because the process of me dying to my sin has, is contingent on those other ones falling into place. You know, and what has to happen is I have to release my power to the one that has power, which means I have to really realize that I am a broken sinner. I am a wretch of a man. And I'm saved by grace and grace alone. Not by my works, not by my behavior, not by what I can think, not by what I can do. It is by completely, by Jesus alone, in his blood, in his grace, that sets any of us free. And we have to come back to that again and again and again because we try to behave and it doesn't work. And we're like, why is it not working? Why am I trying to behave and it's still not enough? Because the only thing that is enough is what he did and the acceptance of what he did. Therefore, I die to me and my ways and accept that he died so that I could have freedom. And that is the only thing that sets us free. I cannot get myself out of sin. I cannot have 21 habits and 21 days that lead me to a better life. I cannot behavior modify myself into a new life because at some point that stuff sabotage. At some point I will fall short because it's still in my strength. And many of us have tried to do it the right thing and tried to resist certain things and we've had prideful self-will and it's been working. But at some point we get tired And we let go and it comes right back in and sometimes comes in harder and we don't know how to let go of it. And it riddles with us and it drives us insane and we hate it, but yet we can't stop it. We've tried quitting our own way. We've tried quitting ourselves. We've we've tried resisting. We've tried everything to get free our own ways. And we've prayed the prayers and we've said it in Jesus' name and we've pleaded the blood over it, but it's still been our way. Because there's in the midst of it, the Holy Spirit is saying, do it this way or talk to this person or surrender to this or be obedient to that or read this. And we're like, no, 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 no. I'm going to do it this way instead. We're all guilty. We're all guilty of being religious and being self will. It's okay. He knows. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And he continues to bring us to these places, these forks in the road where continuing to do it our way is exhausting us and painful. And he's like, are you ready yet? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but let me just do it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready to do it your way, but can I do it this way too? Or can I do it this way instead? Well, I'll be obedient, but here, let me help you. And we make it look right. 
but our heart's still far from him. We keep doing what we don't want to do, right? And we can't do the things that we say we want to do. You know, Paul writes it out in Romans 7. He says the problem is our sin nature. That there's some aspect of our sin nature that hasn't been crucified. And what brings us to this place, right, is his kindness, is his love, is his grace. Now, I absolutely believe in repercussions for things. Because if I didn't go to jail for the repercussion of my actions, I don't know if I ever would have attempted to get sober. And I probably would be dead. I also believe that the repercussions of my immorality continue to send me out of control even when I believed in Jesus. And the pain of those decisions and the craziness that that brought on brought me to a place that I knew that I needed to surrender that area of my life and, and be celibate. Like, who wants to be celibate? That's not a thing. But it's a thing. And I'm so grateful that I surrendered that area of my life. You know, who wants to do anything that we don't want to do? But aren't we grateful there's a whole list of things that we finally surrendered and we're grateful that we're doing it Jesus' way now? And yet there's still some stuff that we got to do His way. And we got to accept that His price that He paid, His grace, brings forth the freedom that is the only thing that can break us free from the shame of our decisions. The condemnation, the blood of Jesus has washed that condemnation clean. So the, the answer to Romans 7 of why I can't is that Jesus did. And it's not until we constantly bring ourselves back to that his love is rescuing us. His love breaks the chain. His love sets us free from the sin. His love, his way, is the only thing that gives us the freedom. You know, it's funny how God works. And I tripped across this earlier this evening and you know, in Proverbs says a, a fool thinks that they can do it their own way. But a righteous man will listen to others. How many times did I say that I got to figure this out my way? <laughs> so many. I got to learn by experience, right? How many times have we said that? Oh my God. Voila. And we thought that we were being brilliant. Well, I got to fear it on my way. I can't do it your way, Mom. Yep. That's going to look painful. Here we go. How many times did we not listen to people that were trying to help us? A lot. We need like a little cherubim to come down with like a little clicker and be like, yeah, we're in the millions. Click, 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 click. Fool continues to try it to do it their way. And I want to think I'm brilliant. A wise man, a wise woman will listen and do it the way that someone is suggesting. Man, that sucks. Can't we like rewrite this verse? Like a wise man will do it as many times as it takes to figure it out. And a fool has to listen to other people. A weak person listens to other people. That's not what a word says. 
word says that a fool continues to try to do it their way. A fool won't listen to counsel. A fool has to, to figure it out on their own. Where a wise person will listen to someone else. I was a giant fool for the most of my life. And I remember still trying to do it my way in Christ and getting to this crossroads where I was going to let my fear lead me out of the church. I was going to run away. And then it came back in. Every time you do it your way, Tom, it leads to destruction. That you need to surrender and listen to Pastor Mark. You need to listen to, to Pastor Mike. You need to listen to Pastor Rick. And man, my, my pride, my ego would flare up. Like, they're just men. They don't know. They don't know what you've been through. A million lies would come flooding to the surface. And the reality is, is that I know when I do it my way, painful things happen. I am powerless to do it my way. I have to surrender. I have to stop trying to control, manipulate, and manage my own life. I have to listen to someone else to guide me out of this time in my life because I cannot do it my way. I cannot do it my way. And we all have these areas. Every one of us in this room has an area in our life where we need to listen to somebody else and say, hey, will you help me out of this? And the more we try to do it our way, what do we do? We just keep going around and around, making it worse, making it bigger, making it harder. And our pride says, don't surrender, don't listen, don't ask. And the Holy Spirit's like, you let me in? It's truly only when our pain is greater than our fear that we'll honestly be ready to surrender and admit powerless and admit that control and manipulation and trying to manage is ever going to work. And we're ready to listen. We're ready to be humbled. We're ready to be counseled. We're ready to be pastored. We're ready to be accountable. Whatever the word is, whatever situation there is, we all have one of those areas, a couple, couple, two tree, couple dozen we all got it, right? So why don't we just take a moment. Let Jesus in. And listen to opera. <laughs> Someone plays the violin for us. <laughs> Humility comes in many different forms. Tonight it comes with Bach. Can we just take a moment and let's just get honest with Jesus in the privacy of our own thinking. He's listening. He knows what you're going through. He knows what he's been knocking at. And we're like, la, 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 I can't hear Every one of us in this room has got one of those spots. So let's repent. Let's really say, Jesus, I'm done. I'm ready. Now you might pick it up five seconds after you walk out the door and, and he knows that probably you're going to do that too. But I think that we got to humble ourselves again and again when we got his pride as big as ours. So let's just take a moment and get honest and get real. Lord, forgive us for we're sinners. And we ask you to, to come into these areas that we're struggling with and we ask you that you would Break us free from the chains and the sins that ensnare us. Help us 
be broken free from our own thinking. Help us to be broken free from our pride and our ego. The insecurities, the lies that we've been told and the lies that we're still allowing to believe. Help us to trust in your truth. Help us to believe that your kindness and your love and your grace is trying to intersect our lives right now. That no one leaves here feeling ashamed or, or condemned. That everyone would leave here tonight feeling loved. That they would understand that your grace is sufficient. Your mercy is new. And that you're trying to get into these painful areas, Lord. But you you wait until we accept you in. You wait until we open these doors. And I pray that you would deliver us from these things. But I also pray that we would learn to be obedient and we'd learn to, to surrender and we'd learn to be disciplined and we'd learn to receive counsel. And we there's a whole lot of stuff that we gotta learn, Lord, and you know us better than we know ourselves. So I, I pray that you'd begin to take us on this journey where we'd be letting go of it, doing it our way, and we'd start accepting and doing it yours. Lord, we're just so thankful that you never give up on us, Lord. And we, we just ask that you would set us free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.